the business capital of the world. This is the Podcast Business News Network. Dr. Kristen Eccleston joining us here today, a.k.a. the Neurodiverse Teacher. She's here helping those and serving families and schools and businesses nationwide uh, with her services. Welcome back. How are you today? I'm great, Jill. Thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. For those new listeners today, please tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you're doing, which I always love talking to you about. (laughs) Uh, Well, thank you so much. Well, I'm an education consultant, um, but where I'm kind of a little bit different maybe than your typical education consultant is I work specifically with individuals focusing on mental health and neurodiversity, and neurodiversity being that um, ADHD, high-functioning autism, sensory processing disorder, anything that might fall into that category uh, counts as neurodiversity. But um, my focus is really trying to help families of students who are experiencing difficulties at school, especially with that mental health need, or working with K-12 systems, establishing programs for students at a larger scale um, who need mental health support, and also working with businesses under that mental health and neurodiversity lens. Thank you for being here. What did you have in mind today? I know each and every week we speak, you're always very precise and you have an area of focus. Did you have anything in mind for us today? I did. I thought we could talk a little bit about the importance of diversity and inclusion in the workplace and education settings. I feel like diversity and inclusion is kind of a hot topic right now. And I think oftentimes people recognize it to be more of um, thinking that they're talking about gender or they're talking about race, but diversity inclusion actually has a much broader spectrum, and I thought maybe we could deep dive into that a little bit today. Oh, and don't forget, how do we reach you before we continue? Would you mind sharing the website and all forms of contact, and then we'll continue? <laughs> Absolutely. So I can be reached on my website. It's probably the easiest form to get a hold of me. It has all of my emails, my social contacts, and my website is www.theneurodiverseteacher.com. All right. Thank you so much, doctor. Let's continue. Sure. So I can go ahead and jump off for us and talking about what is diversity and inclusion and why they are important for organizations and educational institutions. And so let's first start with what diversity is. And diversity refers to the presence of people from different social identities, such as race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, religion, age and abilities within a group or organization. And that's really my biggest focus when I am supporting diversity inclusion is that abilities aspect. Um, Inclusion, on the other hand, though, is the act of creating an environment where everyone feels valued and respected regardless of their social identities. And both diversity and inclusion are important for organizations and educational institutions to prioritize for several reasons. Firstly, A diverse workforce or student body can bring a range of perspectives, which is always important, right? We want those perspectives, ideas, and experiences that can lead to innovation and creativity. And secondly, it helps to create a more representative and equitable society where everyone has equal opportunities to succeed. Additionally, diversity and inclusion can have a positive impact on the bottom line of organizations, There is research that shows that companies with diverse workforces are more likely to outperform those with a less diverse workforce, and that's because diverse workforces can better understand and meet the needs of diverse customers and communities. So prioritizing diversity and inclusion helps to create this more welcoming, inclusive environment where everyone feels valued and respected, 
And, and the biggest and most important thing is, and this in turn leads to increased engagement, productivity, and job satisfaction. I think we hear all the time about quiet quitting and acting your wage and all these different things. And, and people don't always recognize that high rates of turnover really do impact companies in negative ways. Ultimately, when you first hire someone, it usually takes, what, let's say a good three to six months to really get that person trained, to get mm-hmm. them feeling confident in their role. And during that time, you are probably not getting the highest yield of investment in that employee because of the time that is being needed to, to train them. But if they turn around and decide after an additional six months that, hey, this environment is not for me, I don't feel valued, I don't feel engaged, and they leave, and you have to start the process all over again, then as a company, after a year's time span, you've lost almost a million or more dollars in the fact that you have not gotten full benefit from having an active employee because you're having a high rate of turnover that you're dealing with. But if you can make sure that you have programming and HR and team leaders that understand what diversity and equity and inclusion look like, and especially in that abilities category, because again, that's, that's more my primary area of focus, is you are able to then create workspaces that help employees feel valued, that help them feel engaged, that help them feel like they're being heard and they're feeling seen. And so sometimes I think people hear these diversity, equity, and inclusion um, thoughts or ideas and they go, oh, I don't, do I need this? Do I not need this? But yeah, everyone needs this, especially if you are a company who is looking to really try and maximize your essentially investment in your employees and you want your employees to feel invested in your company. I love it. Everyone should be really doing this. Some people say, oh, I don't need it. I don't need it. Everyone. It's all inclusive. And you're right. And I also believe in, in this at a young age. I mean, I know you're not working mm-hmm. with like children, right? But you could be. Right? Well, early, early ones, even at the house, you know, learning from your parents what this is. You know, my son, he's eight. He came home the other day and he's like, mom, that is so racist. I said, what? I said, because I chose to color um, uh, this picture in black. He's like, that's racist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? I didn't even know he was familiar with this term. And I'm like, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I like this. I think it should be black. And he's just made a joke, but it wasn't, it wasn't coloring a person, but still. And so I had a conversation with him and I was a little mm-hmm. like, uh, 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 on edge, a little on nerve. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what, what is racist? What? He's like, oh, when people make fun of each other's um, color. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's starting. I'm like, okay, no, we don't use the word racist. And then I'm like, how did you learn this word, you know? But kids yeah. are kids and they talk. But he just, because I colored a picture in black on this penguin for my son, he says, you're racist. The penguin's not white. I'm like, what? So it, it, kids, yeah, the kids learn this at a young age. You're right. I mean, kids are learning this, I think, these concepts even sooner than in the past, especially with social media has created this huge access to information that has never existed before. So I think we're all in a little bit of uncharted territory when it comes to these conversations, but you're right. These conversations are important, not important, not just for adults, but for children as well, especially because I think there is a lot of miscommunication that is happening, especially on social media. You see people who very much feel, I would almost say they have a fixed mindset in the concept of if you don't agree with them, then they automatically start throwing out these ideas that you're you know, phobic to this particular group or you feel this way towards a group. But when you really get down to it, um, I'm actually going to use a, a reference from Chris Rock. So pardon me here because this was just on his stand-up. Oh, that's the other something night. we could talk about too. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. 
he he was talking about the whole Meghan Markle thing. So people who are maybe aware or not aware of the Meghan Markle thing, there's been a lot of racial talks about the royal family not being accepting of her. And, and truly, I'm somebody who can see multiple sides of an argument, but I thought it was interesting when Chris Rock pointed out in his stand-up special that the, I guess the royal family inquiring over the color of Megan's baby isn't so much a racial thing as, as much of it is a just a curiosity, and that even when people amongst the African American community are also curious, you know, I'm light skinned, my husband's dark skinned, what will the color of our baby be? It's a natural curiosity. And sometimes I think because of our own personal biases, sometimes our own personal hurts, or the fact that we have been offended by people who have meant malicious intent in the past. And now we're sensitive to things that we automatically jump to the, the idea that people are, are attempting to be offensive or people are trying to be offensive. And that's not always the case. Sometimes there's a little bit of you don't know what you don't know. And so you're making statements because you're just not aware of. And I think as long as you are willing to be like, oh, my gosh, there was no malicious intent behind what I meant. This is a learning opportunity for me. And you use that as a learning opportunity. That is really big. But I think going back to what you were saying, too, talking with kids, talking about everybody is important because really when it comes down to diversity and inclusion, it's not just gender, it's not just race. There's so many aspects in there. And it's important for us to all have conversations with people to understand that not everything has malicious intent behind it and that every opportunity presents a learning opportunity for us to expand our understanding and knowledge of other people as long as we are open and receptive to it and that people are open and receptive to sharing that information in a kind of a learning way and not in this, I'm going to get offended and put up a wall type of way. Absolutely. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. And I do want to talk about the Chris Rock situation, your thoughts on that too, but I'll I'll let you continue for for now. (laughs) No, I, you know, he, he ended up using a lot of really interesting things that I mean, and I'm always good for let's make this fun and exciting. I can talk about diversity inclusion all day. I can talk about misconceptions. I can talk about what things companies need to do. And you know what? If you're interested in that, you can always give me a call to or reach out to me and I'd be happy to set something up with them to talk about how I can help you with that in your business. But from more of a a fun standpoint, too, we can talk about it from a Chris Rock perspective. I love using kind of pop culture or current events as a way to more uh, deep dive in a more exciting way some of this information. And I think the Chris Rock stand up probably opened up a lot of doors, not just to what we talked about with Meghan Markle, but even his, um, if you've watched it, he, he finally addressed that infamous slap that occurred between him and Will Smith. And I feel like there's a lot of diversity, equity, and inclusion in that that can also be broken down. Yep, very true. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. Remind us how we can reach you and we'll continue the discussion. Thank you. Absolutely. I can be reached at www.theneurodiverseteacher.com. Perfect. Sounds simple. I'll be right back with more. Hold on. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt 
get for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi. Do you suffer from an acute or chronic body aches or mental stress? Here is the solution. My name is Mohamed Porfek and I'm the owner and operator of massage services at Massage Therapy located in Beverly Hills, California. I will guarantee you when you walk out of my room, you will feel like a new person. Book your appointment online today at massagetherapia.com. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcasts on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. We are joined here by the neurodiverse teacher. Yes, excited to have her back. Uh, Doctor, we're talking today in regards to, well, all the work she does here. Again, it's Dr. Kristen Eccleston uh, in regards to helping you as an education consultant, as a child, uh, K through 12, corporate programming, you name it, she does it. We're talking a lot about diversity today, and we'll welcome you back to the show. Hello. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And, you know, I was sitting here during the break thinking a little bit, we've, we've kind of touched on the Chris Rock special, and I'm always open and honest. I'm very ADHD. I love being ADHD, so I love bouncing around from things to things, and I love using pop culture as a reference point, too, when we're talking about some serious things, and I was thinking about those who are familiar with either the Chris Rock special or the Oscar slap that occurred between Chris Rock and, and Will Smith, and it was interesting. During his stand-up special, it's the first time he has ever actually addressed kind of what took place between him and, and Will Smith. And what I learned, which maybe some people knew that I didn't, was all of this had initially stemmed from, I suppose he was the, the host of the Oscars. Will Smith did not get nominated for a particular movie uh, that year, and Jada Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, had called for Chris Rock to essentially, I guess, boycott his role as the host for the Oscars given that Will Smith did not get nominated for a particular movie. And, and I think in her mind, I, I don't know if it was, I'm making assumption here, I'm assuming it was kind of racially fueled that she felt like Will Smith did not get did not get nominated, and that is why she wanted Chris Rock to essentially step down from his hosting duties. But Chris Rock, during his show recently on Netflix, made it seem like he didn't get nominated because it wasn't a great movie. It wasn't a good movie, and that was why he didn't get nominated. And why would I lose my really coveted role that I have worked hard for, especially given some of the, the racial tensions behind hosting for the Oscars? Why would I give up such a, an incredible opportunity because your husband didn't get nominated for a movie that actually wasn't that great of a movie? And that was kind of what stemmed this issue. And I know we're kind of talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
But I think it's, it's an important factor because, if anything, this leads to what we talked about last week about terms of communication. And maybe there was a breakdown in communication a little bit here, too. But there's also two sides to this story. There was somebody who did not feel like they were being represented, um, that being the, the Pinkett Smith family. And then there was somebody who felt like they were being represented and had fought hard to be represented and didn't want to give something up. And in turn, it created this communication divide. And if anything, I think this is a great example of why diversity, equity, and inclusion training and development within corporations is important because it shows how personal or uh, biases can really play a role in creating this communication breakdown, which then makes it feel like things are not equitable for people. Well, yeah, so I didn't get to see the special yet, but I've been hearing all about it. But yeah, you're right. Um, Gosh, you know, I'm just glad people are speaking out more and more about this because it's just, it's a great lesson to learn to teach our children and to teach adults as well. I don't know about you, Jill, but I have, I have noticed this trend, and I hate to say it, but I definitely get sucked into TikTok and, you know, those different things on a regular basis. I hate to say that I get some of my current events there because I feel like it's a horrible source to say where you get your current events from. But I, I don't know about you, but I feel like there has been this upcoming trend recently about people speaking out more about, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and, and not in the DEI corporate space that we think of, but just speaking out more in the fact that, you know, just because I belong to a certain group doesn't mean that other people in the group speak for me or that those opinions that are out there uh, match my opinions. I feel like people are being much more vocal now about their opinions and where they feel they lie and that, you know, there's kind of this divide amongst all sorts of different groups right now that we haven't seen recently. And again, I think a lot of that comes down to a breakdown in communication. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Um, I don't know. Have you seen that? Are you somebody who doom scrolls on TikTok just like I do? I, I I don't do TikTok. My kids do, but I get it from, I get like news breaks on my phone and then I see people's instagram posts so it's the same stuff yeah that's how i'm finding yeah. about the news it's totally true it is and, and it's funny because you know you I, you have to so much of that as a you know a grain of salt to like how much of this is accurate or factual because so many people do try to present things as being the facts um you know if you've been in journalism like you have jill you know you're supposed to be this unbiased source like here's the information but i think as in general, people have become very promoting of what their ideals are, and that sometimes is skewed what the actual facts are. And because we have such bigger access to information than we've ever had, I think, in you know the history of mankind, I think we, that is creating a lot of our divide. That is what is creating a lot of our misunderstanding of where people are coming from and their thoughts and their feelings. And, and on one hand, yes, we are more aware but on the other hand, is the information that we're aware of actually valuable information? Or are we subscribing to people's opinions thinking that they are facts? And again, coming back to that diversity, equity, and inclusion piece, that's why it's so important for us to have training, education, understanding, opportunities to, to grow and ask questions. Um, for essentially what I like to call in the, in the learning theory world, 
is transformational learning, that opportunity to take in new information and new perspectives and change my mind based on understanding and learning new information that I didn't previously know. Absolutely, and it's keeping an open mind like that. And, uh, yeah, but not everybody is. So we got to uh, remind them and include everyone and be diverse. And it's just, oh, my gosh, there's so much to it. Um, it but I definitely feel like we made strides, you know. Like I said, my kids are six and eight, and... I was hoping, like, uh, discrimination, all that would, would, would fade out by now because, you know, growing up yeah. 20-something years ago, well, 40 years ago, I should say, it was different. It's definitely gotten better, but there's still a lot of improvement. Hence, I know that's why you're here and you're passionate about doing what you do. Yes, because I feel like every child, no matter what their background, what they look like, what their ability level is, deserves opportunities to feel good about themselves to become successful and then eventually go into a workforce where they have opportunities to feel valued, empowered, and feel good about themselves. And and that relies on us as a society making changes. It relies on us educationally making changes and especially in that corporate setting making a or developing a cultural setting within that company that really helps people to feel valued and included and that understands the power of diversity within their workforce to create a more informed company. Absolutely. All right. We're almost out of time. Uh, so in closing today, how else did you want to, um, you know, we have three minutes left. What else did you want to share? Sure. So I think some, I just want to go over some common challenges or obstacles sometimes that organizations face. Um, and that's resistance to change. One of the biggest challenges organizations and educational institutions face is this resistance to change where people feel uncomfortable with the idea of promoting diversity or inclusion or may feel that their own opportunities or privileges may be threatened. But in reality, that's not the case. And to overcome this challenge, organizations and institutions can engage in open and honest communication. It always comes back to this communication piece, providing education and training to help employees and or students understand the benefits of diversity inclusion, involving employees and students in the process of promoting diversity inclusion, making sure that everybody feels like they have a voice in what's going on within either their school or within their business. And then there's also sometimes this lack of leadership buy-in that occurs, too. And this happens both at the, in the corporate setting and the education setting, where the people who are in charge are the ones who haven't quite understood or haven't quite gotten on board. And unfortunately, that, that trickles down to then everybody, students, workforce. So it's always really important that our leadership understands the power of diversity and inclusion, what diversity and inclusion actually means, and how to overcome any challenges that they might face. And a lot of that always comes down to what's called unconscious or personal bias. And unconscious and personal bias is not a negative thing. It's not. We all have it. We have all experienced different things in our lives that have made us see the world in a certain way. It has shaped our understanding and our views of the world. But what we have to be open to is being able to hear other people's stories, other people's perspectives, and allowing this idea of changing our mind to be an okay thing because we can always grow, we can always learn more, but we can only do that if we are open to hearing other people's stories and ideas and perspectives. It doesn't mean we have to agree. It doesn't mean that we have to change our mind. But as long as we are open to deeper and bigger understanding, then we'll always be in a better place for growth. And ultimately, it will benefit everybody from people in school 
to corporations, as long as we are open to other perspectives and stories and we're open to growth, that's when we can make forward progress. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Dr. Kristen Eccleston, did you share again? I know the NoraDiverseTeacher.com is the website. What else did you want to share? Absolutely. Or if you want to follow me on social media, both my Instagram and my TikTok are at the .neurodiverse.teacher. Well, thank you again for being here, for joining us, and I hope you have a fantastic weekend, especially. Enjoy your Friday. And in closing today, any words or inspiration you want to leave? I just want to let everybody know that we are all capable of growth. We are all capable of better communication and understanding, but sometimes it's those personal biases that get in our way, and and it's hard. Sometimes we've been through a lot of things in our lives that have made us feel very strongly, and, and that's okay, and being vulnerable is okay, and being vulnerable with the right people is what's going to allow us to grow and overcome. So just keeping an open mind and being willing yep. to hear other people is most important. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Have a fantastic day. Great words of advice. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Of course my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is. Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right? Her car seat looks like the right size. There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat. Aren't there? Rear-facing, forward-facing? I think I have it right. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. I know my child's in the right car seat. Or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.